0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: believe means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons.
0: Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit! draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball. Select Isaiah Stewart.
1: The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, and that was.
0: Absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Oh! Yes! yes! Detroit
1: basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Canguilano, and joining me is Aaron Johnson. Aaron, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm
0: doing really good, Mike. We've got a major story that broke earlier today regarding the Pistons to discuss. Uh, it's sad we don't have Jasper here with us. You know, he, he wanted to work his other job. You know, he didn't want to come in today and, and put in the hours with us. It hurts. It feels bad, especially with such an important topic to discuss. Um but I'm happy to be here with you and I'm I'm ready to go to work. I'm ready to talk about this.
1: You know, he did go and two to us back to back weeks in fantasy football in our league. You know, I don't know if I would show my voice either.
0: Yeah, maybe he's just like embarrassed. (laughs) That could be it.
1: Well, I think I beat him by ninety points. So I I don't know if I would, you know, talk either. He might need a week to recover. From that beat down. Um, so the team we'll just beat. have to see. What's that? So you're
0: the team to beat.
1: I don't think so. I think I've gotten very lucky with Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Antonio Gibson. I think gotten very, very lucky in trying to sell high on them. And then I will be burned when they both have st- like stellar seasons. <laughs> I'm a little bit little bit more optimistic about Clyde Edwards E'Laire in that offense than I am about Antonio Gibson and Carson Wentz. But this is not fantasy football podcast this is a palace of pistons podcast and the detroit pistons have finally made a move they have not made too many moves sticking with their young core but they made a major move and we're going to spend probably all of the podcast talking about it but before we start onto that i'd like to talk about our sponsor and that, are, that we, and that sponsor this week is Bet Online. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. So, head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join. Make your first sports bet using our promo code, believe 50, that's B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V 50, on your first deposit. Get a 50% welcome bonus on your first bet. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, let's get right into it. The Detroit Pistons made a trade. I think Czar has been talking about trading Kelly Olenek for something for the last five to eight months. And today it finally happened. The Pistons are sending Kelly Olinick and Sabin Lee to the Utah Jazz for Boyan Bogdanovich. That is per Shams Sharani of The Athletic. He had it first. So, you know, the instant reaction is, yes, they traded Kelly Olenek. Finally, they got off of his contract. A um, little sad to see Sabin Lee go uh, because he's been with the organization and has played played his butt off in the G League. There is nothing else he could do in the G League. Um, so it's unfortunate that you know you have to move on from him. But the Pistons get Boyan Bogdanovic, who really solves just about every wing fear that the Pistons had. Um, but the first reaction was, that's a great move for the Pistons. That solves a lot of the problems that they were having, not just on the wing, but on the team, because Bogdanovich is a much better shooter than I think the other most of the other wing options that existed on the roster, or at least the, the, the players that they were going to play on the wing. Um, Aaron, what what were your first thoughts uh, when this trade came down?
0: This was just a, a home run hit uh, from Troy Weaver. You're talking about a guy that, You know, albeit he is 33, uh, albeit he's not a super athlete, uh, he's not a 30-point-per-game scorer, uh, but this is exactly the type of move that the Pistons needed to make. They needed three major things in my eyes. They needed more forward depth. They needed more shooting, and they needed a guy that, had some experience I mean this is a very very young team and to be able to get a starting level player for two guys that you know we talked a little bit about the type of role Kelly Olenek might have on this team and it was uh, it was just going to be tough for him long term to fit in and even in the sense of long term this upcoming season long term Because of the bigs logjam that Detroit has. Obviously, Isaiah Stewart's going to start. They traded for Nerlens Noel. They traded to draft Jalen Duren. There's three centers right there. They re-signed Marvin Bagley. They have Isaiah Livers. It was just really going to be tough for Kelly Olinick to play either the four or the five with this team because of all the other names and the youth that the Pistons wanted to play. And you were able to get a starting level player for a guy that was not worth it financially. And then another guy who, hey, Sabin Lee played his butt off in the G League, props to him, G League all-star, G League MVP type player. But once he got to the NBA, we, we know what he was. He, he wasn't good enough to play consistently in the NBA, at least from what we had seen. And he had been given chances. He had the opportunity to go up and down in the G League, come back up, like try to find a rhythm, try to build consistency. And unfortunately for him, it just didn't happen. Not a good enough shooter, not a good enough distributor. You know, unfortunately, it just wasn't wasn't all there for him. And when you look at Detroit's roster this year, there really wasn't going to be an opportunity for him. You have Kate Cunningham. You have Corey Joseph. You have Killian Hayes. You brought in Jaden Ivey and Alec Burks, two other ball-handling guards. It was just the writing was on the wall for Sabin Lee, unfortunately. So he goes to Utah. Maybe he has a chance to play there. But Boyan Bogdanovich is a huge acquisition for Detroit. And it shows me that this is a team that is going to try to be more competitive this year. You have the play-in. You get 10 playoff teams, or if you want to consider the 9-10 and seed playoff teams, uh, you have a shot to get to the postseason as a nine or 10 seed. And I think this move really helps. It really stimulates destroyed chances at being one of those teams. You looked at this roster and we had talked about this all year, all off season on the podcast. You know, you, you've got your, your one, two, and three kind of locked in. You've got your five essentially locked in. We didn't know who was going to start at the four. It's something we have talked about through since, you know, the beginning of the off season. Would it yep. be Bagley? Would it be liver's? Uh, would it be Sadiq Bay? Like, what were they going to do? And they made a decision, and they got a guy in Bogdanovich who just fits everything that this team needed—a scorer, a forty percent three-point shooter. This is a guy that's averaged greater than seventeen points and greater than thirty-eight and a half percent three-point shooting over his last four seasons uh, in Utah, as a or in three seasons with Utah for his career. His last three seasons in the league, an average of eighteen point four points. rebounds, 1.9 assists, 39.7% three-point shooting. And he's also an 88% percent free throw shooter as well. So this guy is all about efficiency. He can score inside out. Kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, of Marcus Morris in a way that, you know, he can play in the post a little bit, knows how to target mismatches. But then on a different note, this guy is just an absolute marksman uh, from beyond the arc. High release point, can get off his shot, you know, very easy. Not a terrible ball handler. You know, he's certainly not... Uh, a guard, but he is a bit of a point forward in that sense. And it's just such a great move for Detroit. Uh, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in defensively with this group. I think Detroit uh, is set up to, at least in the starting lineup, struggle a bit defensively if they go with the group that I think they'll go with. But I think the potential issues there are pennies on the dollar compared to what he's going to bring to this team offensively. He brings a veteran with winning experience. Uh, Just a home run hit by Troy Weaver and company. Really, really like this move for Detroit, especially at the price point that they acquired him at.
1: Right, and that's kind of what I was excited about. Um, It's worth noting that Bogdanovich is a $19 million expiring contract. Kelly Olenek only had a $3 million guarantee on the final year of his contract, so the Jazz get a little bit of financial flexibility down the road. Um, but they only had to give up Olenek and Sabin Lee. And I, I like Sabin Lee. There's no idea. I mean, there's just no for sure fit for him on this roster. You're not, you're not going to move Killian Hayes for him. And there were vets behind Cade and Hayes that I think they wanted to keep like Corey Joseph. So there just was no real role for him. But I think he should get some playing time with Utah. That's a team that is probably not done making moves. They're probably going to look to offload Mike Conley or at least see what they can get. They're probably going to try and offload Jordan Clarkson and see what they can get. I am surprised that that. other teams – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Aaron.
0: I just want to say since you brought up Mike Conley um, and Clarkson and the Jazz, I, I know that reports kind of came out that they were shopping these guys. I will say I was absolutely taken aback by this move. I did not expect Detroit to be one of the teams uh, to make a play on this. Uh, on this, right. I wasn't expecting them to be involved uh, in a Boyd Boyk trade. I really like it. I wasn't expecting them to do this though. So I don't know how you felt, but it certainly caught me by surprise.
1: Yeah, it's you know it's it's very surprising, and you know it does help in the short term. I I don't know if this pushes the Pistons over into play in territory. Um because they are still so young. They are one year more season playing together, but they're still a pretty young team. And, you know, if the team's not doing well or, you know, starts off not so hot, but Bogdanovich is playing well, I mean, that's a trade chip. as an expiring. Some team will be happy to take, you know, a chance on him if, if the team's not playing well. But to see the Pistons swing for a player that, you know, starts to inch them closer to play in territory, I was not expecting that. I thought there would be other teams that if, you know, had had they known the price was Kelly Olenek and Sabin Lee, I feel like there would have been other teams around the league that could have ponied up and, you know, traded for him with some better players. Um, You know, the Lakers have been linked to any breathing body that has playoff experience and they can shoot and they did not jump on this. They did a different trade with the Utah Jazz centered around Taylor Horton Tucker and Patrick Beverly, but they didn't get in on Boyan Bogdanovich. And I feel like that's a team that could have, I mean, basically any team needs wing help and any playoff team that assumes they have enough wing help probably needs more wing help. It's, it's kind of like starting pitching in major league baseball. If you didn't give you enough starting pitching, then you need to get more starting pitching kind of the same deal. So I, I was very surprised that the Pistons went in and I think very under the radar snuck around all the, All the playoff teams and nabbed a very good player that, you know, if things go well, they have him and they are, you know, a a playing team and he fits what they need. Like you said, an offensive fit like a glove. He's definitely going to start. He solves the who's going to start at the four question. So now I think your starting lineup is set stone. Grip the dream on Isaiah Livers being the starting four, maybe next year, as Jasper said in our chat. But they kind of snuck in and grabbed him. And you start him now. If the team plays well, you maybe make some noise and could be a, a play-in team. Things go south quickly. You can, you can flip him again, or you just keep him on the roster, and he's an expiring $19 million, and you go into next offseason with more cap space. I think it's a win-win either way.
0: I agree. I agree.
1: And like
0: you said, things could go horribly wrong. And at the end of the day, all this did was free up cap space for Detroit next season. It just opened up a little over $12 million of cap room to use next summer if they, if they didn't want to bring him back. And in the, in the current, it opened up another roster spot. Assuming Detroit waves Kemba Walker, or I guess trades him, I think it would be a buyout, though. I don't know why it hasn't happened still. Maybe this was the, the last thing holding up the buyout. Uh, but this opens up a roster spot for Detroit after, after Walker's removed from the roster. And Walker will be removed from the roster. There's been some pictures circulating. Of uh, the Pistons, you know, being together, doing some team stuff. Walker's not with them. Olenek was there. I'm pretty sure Saban Lee was there. Uh, Walker was not with them. So like, I'm. It the writing is on the wall. Kemba Walker's not going to be suiting up for the Pistons. This opens up another roster spot for Detroit. However, I think Detroit's going to need to like get moving on the whole Walker situation because training camp starts next week. They're kind of want to get want to get these guys in the building. So they can go into training camp and and have their group together. Uh, And maybe their their addition is going to be a guy that's going to fight for a final spot. So maybe some of these other guys that we've seen them sign to these Exhibit 10, essentially training camp deals, maybe it's going to be up to that group uh, to earn that final spot. But you imagine they'd at least bring the full 20 guys that they can to camp uh, and let them fight it out. Or they could still be trying to nab a veteran free agent. Um, but I, that was another aspect of this trade that I thought was important. Bogdanovich is absolutely going to help near term right away, walks in as you're starting four, and it gives you cap space flexibility for next year. And it gives you another roster spot to play with this year, which I like because like I said, you know, Saban Lee, as I don't, I don't necessarily get why people are torn off about losing Saban Lee. Like we kind of saw what he was, Uh he wasn't really going to play this year. So getting him off the roster and getting Linux off the roster where you had a log jam at your deepest position, those are good things. To have another roster spot, to grab another shooter. like If Phoenix hadn't uh, signed Frank Jackson, like maybe that would have opened up an opportunity to bring him back. But getting another shooter in the building should be something that Detroit should be looking at now that they're going to have this spot to work with because they still are going to need shooting. This is still a team that – doesn't have enough shooting. You really never have enough shooting, like in the same way you never had enough forward depth. You never can have enough shooting, Um but yeah, this trade just it did a lot for Detroit in terms of the player they got and the flexibility that the move itself created around the player. So I'm absolutely shocked that they that this was the value on Bogdanovich. Not that he was going to be worth a whole lot. Like, I don't think he was worth a first-round pick considering, you know, if you're a contending team that's $19 million of your cap space, I don't think a contending team uh, really can afford that. But no. So, this worked out very, very well for for, for Detroit. And, and props to Troy Weaver. Like, you know, I, I'm never the guy to shy away from knocking a move and knocking a, a decision. Uh, I'm not going to shy away from giving credit either. This was a a really good trade. And if it doesn't work out, like there's not going to be anyone that's looking back and saying, Hey, I told you this wasn't going to work. Like this is a a guy that is a model of consistency has playoff experience. And he comes in and he answers your biggest question, your biggest hole on the roster. It is unfortunate for Isaiah livers though. And I think it has some interesting implications on uh, that four spot.
1: Yeah. So we are going to talk about starting lineups and rotations, but you know how I like to just ask some open-ended questions and well, maybe not open-ended, but some, some trivia. So three point attempts per game for last year, who, uh, which piston a- attempted the most threes per game? Uh, Sadiq Bay. He did at 7.4. Who was second? Ooh, good question. I'm going to go with, uh, I guess I'll just go with Cade. Cade was second at 5.7. So Bogdanovich instantly becomes their second highest volume of three-point shooter. He attempted 6.83s last year for the Utah Jazz. He knocked down 38.7%, which is his lowest since looks like 2016-17 when he was on Brooklyn. But that Utah Jazz team just had bad vibes pretty much the whole season. Uh, particularly the later half of the season when it became pretty apparent that they were about to walk into the same trap they walked in several years prior. So Cade was second. Jeremy Grant was third. Who was fourth?
0: Okay. That's going to stump me. I'm trying Cory Corey Joseph.
1: Frank Jackson. Okay. <laughs> that, would on the next
0: that would have been my next guess.
1: Yeah. Who is who's no longer on the team. Uh, so, the Pistons were one of the worst three-point shooting teams. I don't have the numbers in front of me. If they weren't last ninth, they were 29. That is
0: etched in my mind. They were 29. I was going to say, they were freaking goal, close. <laughs> 3 in true shooting percentage. The only team worse than them was Oklahoma City.
1: We actively tried to not put the ball into the hoop for yeah. a sizable portion of the season. Correct. So this will, at least on that level, stretch the offense just a little bit in a way that they really didn't, that they really weren't able to do um, at, at all. So, and then in terms of three point makes uh, Isaiah livers and Corey Joseph were the best at three at making three points or uh, three point shots. Rock, good old Rodney McGruder was third and uh, Justin Robinson, who I believe had a cup of coffee at the end of the season. I always uh, was, was fourth.
0: <laughs> Rodney McGruder is back on the roster. It's like every year. It's just like it. They go to training camp, and I'm like, oh, my god!" Right. Rodney Magruder's still on the Pistons? Like, is this guy going to end up being, like, a six-year Piston? I mean, he's going into what, year four? Like. Death taxes, is Rodney Magruder. How is he still uh, around? This guy got traded. This,
1: this is his third season. with the, This is his third season coming up. Wow, it feels like he's going <laughs> And I forget
0: every week that he's on the team. Like, something has to happen to remind me, oh, yeah, Rodney Magruder's still around.
1: Do you know how old he is?
0: He's probably only like 29.
1: You're, you're, you're really good. You, he is 30. Uh, right. But this is only he's only played for Detroit for two seasons. He, he did get traded come back from the dead. Immediately have a good game. He was third on the team in three-point percentage. I, so, Brian Bogdanovich been, is going to make a big difference.
0: Yeah, he is. I, it, like, again, this is not an all-star level player by any stretch of the imagination. No. At some but point it's a good fit. He's 33. There's gonna start to be some decline, but his game is also pretty friendly to to his age. Like he's never been a a hyper athlete, fast-paced guy. Like he's always been a kind of like Kate Cunningham in the sense like lull you to sleep kind of guy, uh, a lights out shooter. He's like Joe both Ingles. His size, yeah. He's very similar to Joe Ingles and both those guys are still good players. I mean, Yep. age can be what it is this is a guy that's averaged 17 points per game or more the last four seasons he's had 2018 19 he was at 18 points a game the next season he was just over 20 and 2020 2021 he was at 17 and last year just over 18 points per game and a 39 percent or better three-point shooter you know 38.7 and above throughout those years like those two stats alone the Pistons need scorers they need shooters Boy, Boy Donovan yeah. does that. And he's a veteran presence. It's unfortunate for livers. I think I bring some questions to how that kind of shakes out, but you, you, when you have a chance to get a talent like that, who's going to make life so much easier for Kate Cunningham, uh, getting shooting out there uh, for him, guys that teams know they have to leave a man on so that they can't just suck into the paint and eliminate. Cunningham or even Ivy's ability to get to the cup and, and, and do their thing. You know, that's, that's you. Yep. So, and again, it opens up cap space for next season. If Detroit decides they don't want to bring them back or likely if they, you know, if they didn't bring them back likely at a, a lesser rate per year, it just opens up cap space for Detroit to play with. So there's just no, I don't think you can spin this in a negative way for Detroit.
1: No, I think all around, it's a very, very good trade. Um, in the short term and in the not so distant future in terms of cap space. But let's, let's go ahead and talk about lineups because I think, you know, we've talked a lot about the future Pistons talk of, you know, we're going to have to talk, you know, we're going to have to make some decisions on Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bay and dole out some contracts and they're going to have cap space. That's all, that's all well and good. But for the immediate upcoming season, we didn't know who was really going to play the four. Um, particularly after Jeremy Grant was traded. And probably a little bit before that, because we kind of knew that he wasn't going to be playing for the Panthers much longer. Uh, we have solved that. So is the starting lineup set in stone? Are they going to run with Cade, Ivy, Sadiq Bey, Bogdanovich, and Isaiah Stewart?
0: I would be shocked if if they if they ran with anything else. Like I guess the only... Uh, position I'd say right now that's of question is shooting guard, no. right? Will they start Jaden Ivey? I I think they absolutely should. I think it would be a crime if they didn't. I think bringing in a guy like Bogdanovich, you know, a veteran presence. There is your veteran in the starting lineup for this group, and like Stewart and Bay are going into year three, so they're not they're not babies anymore. They're they're men. They know how to conduct themselves out there. Kate Cunningham, one of the most you know mature young players in the league, like. I get the idea of oh he's a rookie like you want to ease him into it. No, not not in this case. Like you're still, if everything shoots right for you, a play-in team. Like you still got a ways to go. So you need to get your rookie out there. Uh it, it should be a good lineup for him to operate in with some extra shooting. And he he deserves it. Like this is a this is a top four, top five pick. Like he he's earned that right. Alec Burks can come off the bench, provide some shooting alongside Killian Hayes. Uh, with Isaiah Livers, like, you can figure out the bench. Jaden Ivey needs to be in your starting lineup. This, to me, was the final piece of the puzzle for that starting group because, like we talked about at the beginning of the pod, we didn't know what the starting four spot was going to look like. Uh, Was it going to be Olenek? Was it going to be Livers? Was it going to be Bagley? And we didn't know. And I think training camp was going to be where we found that out. You know, training camp preseason, they still had to make that decision. Now that four spot's locked up. They're, they're not bringing in a guy like Bogdanovich who's started every game of his career over the last five seasons, four seasons, to to come off the bench. Like, a guy that has playoff experience is 10 years older than Isaiah Livers, 8 years older than Marvin Bagley, whatever it is. They're not bringing him off the bench for those guys. So, to me, the only, one, the only position that's at question right now is the two-spot with Jaden Ivey or Alec Burks. I would... Not bad. An eye, I, it would be Jaden Ivy for me. Like unless he comes out and just completely doesn't look the part in training camp, and, and as the coaching staff, they can you know decide that. But if I'm if I had to bring on a lineup tonight at seven o'clock, it's Cade Ivy, Bay Bogdanovich, and Stewart.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you there. I would not be surprised in the slightest. I I would have a flat face if. When Katie comes out and says that Alec Burks is starting, would not be surprised at all. Um, that being said, I, I I do think that now that Bogdanovich is here and going to start, that like you said, that that's the veteran presence that that lineup needed um, to, to sort of stabilize things. Not just from a shooting perspective, but from a have an adult on the floor perspective. Um, so, I think that it should be Ivy now. He's your high upside guy. You want to get him minutes and see and see where it goes from there. Uh, in terms of a bench unit, though, does this really affect the rotation and how guys are going to be moving in and out of the rotation? I mean, you kind of slot them in. I think the, it seems like the bench unit's kind of handled between Killian Hayes and Corey Joseph and Alec Burks and Hamadou Diallo. I mean, maybe Kevin Knox finds some minutes. I don't, for some reason, there's hype around Kevin Knox. I, I don't know what year <laughs> it is, but there seems to be some hype. Proud Tim. him. People took that Michael Hines
0: footage to heart over Kevin Knox. They saw that footage and yeah. were like, oh, yeah, this guy was like a top five pick. This guy's going to be amazing. And no, like I tweeted out the rotation that I I would have, you know, if I had to put out a group today. Uh, I tweeted out earlier after the trade. The starting lineup is what we just talked about. The backup units, Killian Hayes, uh, and then off the bench with him. Alec Burks, Isaiah Livers, Marvin Bagley, and Nerlens Noel. So that leaves Ahamud Diallo, Rodney McGruder, Jalen Duran, and Corey Joseph out of the initial 10, which is, you know, usually what teams go. Teams usually go 10 deep. Right. Wouldn't shock me if the Pistons open up the season, you know, at least the first couple of weeks going 11 or 12 deep. I don't think Corey Joseph's just not going to play to start the year. And I think they'd like to try to get Jalen Dern some minutes. Um, but once Detroit winds down the rotation, everyone's healthy, all all that being said, I think that's the 10 we'll see. And you're going to have that, that rest of that group kind of on the outside looking in, like, unless things go wrong with Killian Hayes, they're going to have to give him, you know, that opportunity because then they have to make a contract decision on him. So he's going to be in the rotation. Um, yeah. And I think, I think, you know, Nerlens Noel is going to get minutes off the bench as much as we'd like to see Jalen Duran. I don't know if they're going to rush that. You know, he's a raw young prospect, one of the youngest players in college basketball last year. I don't think they're going to rush it with him, and I think that's fine. Like, try to get him some minutes the first couple weeks of the season. I don't think it would be a terrible thing if he played a few games in the G League if you had like some of those those two days where the crews were playing one night and the Pistons were playing the the next night at home, you know, both teams were home. So they're a couple minutes down the road. Like, I don't think that's a terrible thing. Um, I don't think he's in the rotation right away to start the year, at least not at 15, 18 minutes a night. Like maybe he's that 11th or 12th guy off the bench just because they want to get him a little bit of run. But I think that, that, that group of 10 is, it shouldn't really be much of a question at this point. I, I just, I don't think Rodney Magruder or Diallo are going to be in it. I think the biggest question is what happens with Corey Joseph and Jalen Duran uh, if they're the outside guys looking in. I think Dwayne Casey's going to want to get minutes for, for Joseph because that's his guy. And I think there's going to be at least some emphasis from the top down to try to get Duran in the game a little bit. So that's, that's how I see it shaking out.
1: Well, you know, Jalen Duran's pathway to playing opened up a little bit with yeah. Kelly Olynyk being off the roster. So done. that that should clear things up a little bit more for him,
0: and there will be injuries too. You know, the Pistons are not uh, a team that is a great source of staying healthy. Marvin Bagley's going to miss some time, right? right? Yeah, that's uh, yes,
1: that's going to happen.
0: Bogdanovich misses a handful of games every year, at least over his last three seasons. Uh, you know, so he's going to miss some time. I know Stewart plays most of the time, you know, if you know, bearing a major injury, like there 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 will be things that happen that open up playing time across the board for these other guys. It happens every year. Um it's about capitalizing on the opportunity when you get it. So like if Durant's not in the rotation to start the year, but a couple weeks in someone goes down and gets his chance, he's you know, he's got to capitalize on it. I mean it's like Kelly Olenek last year. Got hurt early in the season Force some other guys into the fold, and Olenek kind of struggled once he came back to get his footing. So there will be opportunities for playing time uh, for everyone at some point. I mean, even Ryan McGruder is gonna gonna play for this team. So it it, yep. it,
1: it it's it's the same thing every year. So Taylor Duren's path to playing has opened up a, a little bit as well, and he is mega young. I don't think people understand how difficult it is for young guys like we see evan mobley and kate cunningham and luka Doncic walk into the nba and they're freaking good immediately and then they see another 19 year old that's like oh man or 18 i think he's only how old is he he's he's 18 he'll be 19 on november 18th they i mean young that's it's not normal to have a young player come into the league and know what the heck they're doing but he he will have more time to play Corey Joseph is really important to me because if you're going to run Killian Hayes as the backup point guard, that second unit is going to be brutal scoring the basketball, particularly shooting the basketball. Marvin Bagley de- developing an outside shot. I mean, is it a like between him and Burks? Those are your guys to make an outside shot. And I don't like it's either, either of those guys particularly. Right. I, yeah. Isaiah Livers would be. You, probably your best option.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have him in the rotation as of today. Yeah. I have Hayes. You for, definitely should. Livers, uh, Bagley, and, and Noel. So not not a ton of shooting. Like, Hayes and Bagley are both guys that need to take major leaps in terms of their outside shooting. I don't know if either of them ever does. I'm pretty certain no. that not going to the The shot form him, from the pictures we're seeing of Killian Hayes, uh, doesn't look encouraging from this off season. So, it, it it's going to put a lot of pressure on Burks and and Livers. So maybe that creates an opening for a guy like Corey
1: Joseph. Maybe. I think it does. So I think it. I I mean I I I really think it does, because that is a guy that you said Dwayne Casey trusts, and Killian Hayes is going to be given every opportunity to play well. This is a very important year for him. This is a make-or-break year for him before he turns into Frank Niedakina as a good defensive player that you don't want doing hardly anything else. This is a this is an important season for him. Um. Yeah, we're gonna have well, as far as plenty amazing. of opportunities to talk about Killing Hayes. We will, but I. I...
0: I don't think it's it's a stretch to say this is a make or break year for him.
1: No, I I think that would be the expectation. I mean, some people were cheating last year as a make or break year for him to you know to show that he wanted to drive to the hole, that he was able to, you know use his offhand to show that he was able to hit an outside shot or at least be willing to take one. Um, some people thought last year was that type of make or break, but this year it definitely is. Yeah, and you're going to have guys that need to be paid. You're going to have a lot of cap space to make a, you know, potentially a big move. We've talked about this on past podcasts, like a Devin Booker type. And the Suns are an entire different story into right now. Existence. I'm sorry? Speak
0: it into existence, Devin Booker.
1: Right. It. Speak it into existence. So there's going to have to be some tough decisions. We're getting into tough decision time for the Pistons. We've had plucky, you know, bad Pistons that, you know, they'll win a couple games. Oh, wow. They really took the Lakers down to the wire and lost. That's that whole thing's about to end um, because they're making moves to be more than that now. And there's going to be tough decisions coming this off season. So Killian Hayes is going to have to play well. And Corey Joseph is there in, you know, break glass in case of emergency. We need to score points and we need somebody else at the back of point guard spot. But Jalen Duran should, should find some more time on the floor this year. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. There's no doubt that this, this team should be fun this year. I think the collection of guys that they have, they there was a concerted effort this year to bring in athleticism and some veteran shooters. And they did that. Ivy, Durin, everyone says two most explosive athletes in the draft. And Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich, two great shooters, two great veterans. So you mix those that those four guys in. With that young core that we got to see grow towards the end of last season with Cunningham, Sadiq Bey, Stewart, uh, Isaiah Livers, this should be a, a much more compelling group this upcoming year. And the Boyan Bogdanovich trade really only uh, stimulates that belief for me.
1: Yep, absolutely. They're going to be a lot, of, a lot more fun to watch. They should look. A lot more cohesive as well. I mean, there were there were nights last year where the offense was Jeremy Grant Isolations. Thank God I will not have to watch that again. at least i hope I hope that there is not some some form of offense that takes that role away, but or rather takes that role back on onto the Pistons. But good Lord, it should be a lot more fun and interesting to watch with some stretchier players and Jay Nivey being really fast getting to the hole. and now, Bogdanovich being the vet that can kind of glue the young guys together, at least in the starting lineup. So yeah, it it should be a lot more fun. Aaron, is there anything else you want to touch on as we hurdle towards media day? I mean, just. We're getting there. We're,
0: we're getting there. I mean, next week we'll have everything from media day to discuss. So uh, we had some other stuff that we were potentially going to talk about before this trade went down. We'll save that for another time. Uh, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna wrap it up there for myself. I'm good. Uh, except again, I want to point out that I want the listeners to understand Jasper wasn't here this week and he let it down big time because
1: that hurt. That hurt. Got, got got a hammer at home, you know. And and I can't speak because there have been instances where I've had to disappear from the podcast for weeks on end. So I I have no room to talk. It's really you you are the rock that holds. Jasper and I together. So kudos <laughs> to you. <laughs> and I uh, definitely you. not him and I. I'm absolutely joking.
0: If I, if there was something that I really wanted to wrap up saying, it would just be that I'm very appreciative of, of everyone for listening every week. I had some people uh, messaging me, texting me after the trade went down. It's like, you need to record a podcast. Like, how soon are you going to get the podcast out? So to know that there are people that care that much about our opinion on the- was that the
1: same person was
0: that-
1: <laughs> it was myself I said
0: to myself said, hey are you-? you yeah <laughs> um, but for for people to that actually actually care about what we have to say about the Pistons that they would like that they really care that much like that's awesome so you guys have been killing it in terms of support really appreciate it and we're we're not going anywhere we're gonna keep bringing out these podcasts and I'm excited for the season to begin hopefully this year's a little bit. Uh, of a funner experience for for everyone's pleasure, uh. So excited to get underway and and it's been a long off season, but we are right on the cusp of the new year. There's there's preseason basketball in like two weeks, fourteen days. I'm pretty sure. So it's we are Holy right.
1: Holy crap! Here. You blew my mind.
0: I know, I know. It's I'm I'm pumped. I'm excited. I miss basketball so much. I am gonna watch an unhealthy amount of basketball this year just around the clock. It's going to be bad, but it's also going to be great.
1: It's also going to be great because that means we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about on this edition of the palace Pistons podcast on the next one. And all the ones after that. Okay. Aaron, this has been fun. We actually had something interesting to talk about other than the ESPN top 100, which that's a different podcast. Um, I'm I'm, I'm sure that the Lakers and that's, Podcasts are firing up right now because LeBron and KD are not in the top five. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that for a different pod. Um, but yes, media day coming up, preseason coming up, and regular season right around the corner. We hope that you'll all be joining us as we traverse the beginning of a new NBA season. It's right around the corner. So for my co-host Aaron Johnson, and for my co-host that's not here, because I'm sure that Aaron Watson, Hammer, and is not here, Jasper Apollonia, I am Mike Anguilano. So, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and brought to you by Bet Online. We will see you all next time, Pistons fans.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.